Welcome to Blinkers Off with your hosts, Jared Welch and Aaron Halterman. Well, what is up? I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. This is Blinkers Off. Look at, look at this. I'm back, guys. Yeah, welcome back. Jeez. I mean, I would like to say I've been on vacation, but I've not. Uh, I didn't die, though, either. So that's 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 good. Um, barely survived. But yeah, I'm back. Uh, blinkers off. I saw carried on without me last week. Uh, you and Magic did the what did you guys do? Pick five, pick six, something like that. Yeah, we did the late pick five at Aqueduct last week and uh, did well. And the only problem was uh, we went four for five and our single got second, got way too far behind. But uh, a couple people have reached out and said they hit it because uh, we our top couple of choices won every race basically, just the single didn't win. So <laughs> it's a good show. Well, hey, you know, I guess it, uh, yeah, new, uh, new house, shoddy. It's yep. a new, sh- new house, new, uh, new life. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that last, it's been a freaking nightmare. I mean, like, like this, I'll, I've literally had no internet until like five minutes ago. Well, 20 minutes ago. So it's like, it's just been, I moved in, uh, I guess we did the pod. The last time I was on the pod was two weeks ago. And then the next day I moved. And then ever since then, it's been like living in, you know, what I would imagine is the closest to a third world country. And, yeah. uh, you know, I had no internet access whatsoever. Been dealing with AT&T, which anybody that knows AT&T understands. And uh, finally, finally back in the kind of feel, honestly, dude, I feel like, I've, I mean, it's been a great time. I can't imagine this happening, say, in the summer, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, from that perspective, but I feel like. Like I've missed everything. Like, has anything happened since the Breeders' Cup? Not really. No. Okay. So good. <laughs> you haven't missed anything, really. I mean, literally, I, I got I, today. I jumped back in. I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to handicap again. So I, I'm back. A new office, hopefully. Same blinkers off, but uh, yeah, I'm back. Yeah, I think you've you've come back at the right time as far as handicap handicapping goes. It's kind of been a quiet couple of weeks, but. This is always a great weekend. Um, one of my favorites, you know, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday races here. We'll talk about the Friday, Saturday. It's going to be good. We got good uh, racing tomorrow for Thanksgiving as well. So there, it, this is, you know, the two weeks after the Breeders' Cup are always, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, they're okay. But uh, we're kind of back into it uh, this week a little bit. Yeah. By the way, if you're uh, watching this uh, live or even, you know, replaying this, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, it's uh, again, I wouldn't suggest moving this time. I mean, there's really not a great time to move. I've come to realize, but this time of the year, it's weird because it's just, you've got the holidays and things going on and then you're also unpacking. And it's like, when I was unpacking, I'm like, well, I guess I might as well just take the Christmas tree out because <laughs> You know, I mean, yep. it's I might as well do it. It's one less thing to do. But yep. um, so, yeah, it kind of feels like I haven't. I don't know. It just feels weird for me that Thanksgiving is tomorrow because I just have been so glued into everything else. But, yeah, it's uh, shit. I mean, my boys are already counting down at Christmas and, uh, um, you know, Cohen's on Thanksgiving break. And so it's uh, it's good. To, it's good to have the holidays here. And obviously, you said the race, it kind of kicks off the racing for the Derby. It feels like, too, even though we we had Derby races, you know, you got the Jockey Club this weekend. We really start. That's when it really starts to feel like, OK, this is these two year olds. What are we going to look at? We got, you know, we'll have uh, Los Al, you know, coming up. And then, we, of course, move into their three year old years. But uh, and then not to mention, you've got a three year old that, you know, you know, had his had a 
short, um, maybe un, uh, let's see, how would you say this with first mission, but um, a horse that maybe did has not lived up to expectations yet because of the injury. So it kind of cool to see him in this formerly grade one race. When did they change it this year? Is that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I thought they did because I was like, yes, I'm always, used to, I thought it was grade one, but uh grade two, but still like, this is a horse that obviously could have a huge year next year. Um, if he can stay healthy, we're going to find out. Right. Um, I, I definitely think this is the turning of the page of a, you know, a quote unquote new year for racing. I and mean, I know, you know, we're still a month and a half kind of away from our new year, but Look, like I said, with, the, with with this race, and then you, and then Aqueduct next week, we'll have the Remsen, and then you know you get into the Springboard Mile, and, and Oakland kicks off as well, and you got two year olds going, and then the real Gulfstream starts. So that's kind of the turning of the page, you know. Uh, the the Breeders' Cup's kind of the end of the book. You get the two week break, kind of. I mean, there's not a break really, but two weeks where there's not a whole lot going on, and then you kind of kind of re reignite, restart things. Yeah, so. Yeah, and then, yeah, the Clark, we'll talk about it. It's a feature race, so we'll talk about uh, just here in just a second. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in this one. I, I don't know what first mission is. I think we're going to find out a little bit more on him uh, Friday. Well, I'm interested to know what your thoughts are because I kind of uh, – we'll get to it. On today's show, we're going to uh, go through Friday's $600,000 Clark Stakes at Churchill Downs. It is a great two now. Um, you know, you're – hopefully, you know, you guys can get the – some of the, you know, your, uh, the, some of your other family, get them out of the house, go shopping or something. And you stay home and, uh, and bed horses on Friday. Cause it's Friday and Saturday racing is going to be awesome. Even, even tomorrow, um, good racing uh, as well. So and then obviously we'll go to Saturday, uh, uh, and look at some of the major, uh, stakes races happening on Saturday, including Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks prep races and some nice horses in those two as well. I feel like sometimes, some years the jockey club is like, yeah. You don't feel like there's any, no matter what happens, but this one, there's a few in there um, that I think, uh, you know, have not lived up to the expectations so far, but maybe they will start to. And there's another horse in the in the race before the Goldenrod. We'll talk about uh, him in a second as well. But no further uh, comments. Let's go. In the Clark Friday, Churchill Downs. Let's go to race 11 uh, on the Black Friday card. Clark Stakes, worth a uh, great two, worth 600K, going to mile and eighth. Four three-year-olds and up, and field of 10 lines up for this one. Three to one on the two-horse first mission. Needs no introduction there, of course. Uh, had to be scratched out of the Preakness. Had a you know seemingly a big-time chance uh, in that one with a lot of steam. Came back off of that layoff and, and won um, last time out in a very... It was almost like it was exciting, but also you could, couldn't tell if maybe had he lost a step or was it just a bad, you know, needed that race or whatever. What is first mission? Three to one. Um, but there's some horses, some challengers in here uh, that uh, I think can make things interesting if he doesn't fire. You know, Il Miracle, Gasoline, Trademark, uh, Film Star. I feel like I've, I feel like I've bet every time he uh, he's ran, which I feel like he's ran a lot. Uh, and the giant game in here as well. But let's go to first mission first he's uh one of the only two two of the only uh three-year-olds in the race thoughts on first mission like do you believe in him here mm, i thought his race last time out was pretty average at best uh, and that's probably being nice about it I, I did not think his last race was very good you know he beats command performance by a neck we kind of know 
who he is a little bit. Uh, but look, was it the layoff? Was it the injury kind of took a little bit away from him? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, his race in the Lexington uh, before he got hurt back on April 15th was was really good. He beat Arabian Lion, who went on to have a nice little run there. Um, you know, it, obviously his his maiden win before that at Fairgrounds on March 18th. Very good. So, and even the race he lost to Bishop's Bay on debut was a really good race on February 18th. So he had three races that, in my opinion, were much, much better than the race he ran at Keeneland last time out. That has me not wanting to play him at three to one. Um, you know, do I think he has a shot to win? Yes. I- I'm just afraid he's going to take too much money. Um, it, look, he's going to have to really run better than he did last time out, or he's he's not going to hit the board. Now he probably should run a little bit better, but I think this is a kind of a sneaky, tough race. I, I don't think this is going to be easy for him. I I'm, I've kind of went back and forth with that, with that uh, logic that you're going with. I mean, it's almost like too that, that, that last race there was kind of visually impressive in a sense. Like, you know, it looked like he wasn't going to fire and he kind of had some traffic and then he kind of comes flying late and like gets up there and it's like, Oh my gosh, that was so exciting. And then you kind of go back and, and you kind of digest that and you're like, yeah, I mean, he won. Right. But like you said, you see command performance beat by, you know, getting beat by neck or losing by neck to, you know, it's like, eh, not great. Not great. Not a great horse. But again, like he's won three in a row. He lost to Bishop's Bay that first race. He would have been top choice, second choice, obviously, in the Preakness. I mean, this was, I just, the thing about him is like, we don't, I haven't, we haven't figured out what he is because he hasn't had enough time. Just like that, the Preakness would have been that solidifying one way or another, right? Where it's like, he's a really good horse. We've heard it all along, right? This is the best horse Brad Cox has. But we don't really know because we haven't seen him enough to to know that yet. Yeah. And I think with command performance, you know, the, that kind of data point you're talking about, at least command performance did come back to win yeah. his next race. I mean, yeah. that's good. Um, didn't beat the greatest field, you know, and wasn't like just overly impressive. But he did come back to win. So maybe... Yeah. Okay. It's, it is command performance. Maybe he's a little bit better than how we remembered him, uh, you know, back on the, on the Derby trail, believe it or not, and running at the breeders cup. But <laughs> you know, at the same time, it's just not, it just wasn't a race. that's going to bode or, or going to give you a lot of confidence. I should say now, you know, Saez is back again to ride for the third straight time. He, 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 you know, I mean, this has always kind of been the plan. You look at the workouts, uh, at least the times since that race, it looks like that race was kind of needed and it kind of woke him up. I mean, there are good things to take out of this or, or to, to talk about when it comes to this horse. It's just, you know, how much is he going to get bet? I, I just think you look at this field. I think he's going to get bet down from that three to one morning line. And I, I just get a little bit skeptical of him if that's the case. Yeah. Because even though to like the naked eye or to, you know, just anybody betting, like it's like, while we, I do agree that this is a not going to be the necessarily the easiest of races for him to win. Um, as far as the competition goes, there's no names in the race, right. Other than him. And so he is going to get bet based off of just its first mission. You know, we know this horse. So let me ask you if you're, if you're not interested in playing him at say eight to five or something like that, let's say he gets bet to that. 
who you like. I mean, I think there's a couple different options. That's that's the kind of the issue I had or am having. It's like, okay, if I do want to beat him, which I'm not going to fault anybody to try to beat him, who are you going with? Because it kind of feels like it's hard to kind of separate any of the other ones. Yeah, I, I went with a pair of five to one shots as my top two choices. I went number six, Film Star, on top here. Um, you mentioned it's kind of a horse you've played a lot, and and I have as well. Look, I, I think, you know, the race two back got beat by Zandon, um, but Zandon ran really, really nice that day. Uh, other than that, you know, I thought Film Star was pretty good. Uh, I actually had him on top in that race. He was 13 to one, gets second. You know, last time out was five to two. Just didn't want, run quite as well. Got fourth, uh, beaten a length in three quarters in a grade two race. However, that was at a mile. I don't really think Filmstar wants to go a mile. I, I think a mile and an eighth is his best. And when you look at his past performances, mm. a mile and eighth has hit him square right between the eyes, right? I mean, every time he's been at a mile and eighth here recently, he's been pretty good. He's gotten first or second. So I, I think he's going to get out there. I think he'll stock giant game and then try to take him, uh, uh, you know, as turning for home, try to take him over and try to hold him off. So I like the six film star in first. I like the number four gasoline in second. You know, this is a horse that was coming up with Pletcher and it kind of felt like, yeah, he's getting there, but he's just not quite good enough. He kind of fizzled a little bit. They gave him some time off. He's come back and he's looked like a different horse, especially that last race. Go back and look at the last race, November 4th at Churchill Downs. And by all purposes, most people probably did not watch this race live. This was the day of the Breeders' Cup, right? One of the Breeders' Cup days. But go back and watch the replay of it now. That was a very impressive effort. You know, his first race off the layoff at Churchill was good, but maybe not great. That second, that race, the second yeah. off the layoff last time out was super good. I really impressive, a five and a quarter length victory and allowance race, pretty much a prep for this one. And then, oh, look who's coming in to ride. Flavian Pratt gets the mount now on gasoline. So I think the six and the four are the two I'm most inter in interested in, uh, you know, versus, versus the two. Yeah, the six film star. I'm kind of gonna keep myself a little bit if if uh, if I don't use him just for the fact that I feel like I've used him every, all summer because um, he's ran a hundred times this summer. It feels like, but yeah, you're right. The mile and eighth. Yeah, you know, he's ran some really nice races at a mile and eighth, and uh, you know, one by six uh, that time before the Woodward, and then again ran a nice race in the Woodward. Just like you said, kind of got you know ran down by Zandon, who ran a huge race that day. But yeah, gasoline is the one for me that I'm most interested in, you know, trying to use to beat first mission. I just thought, you know, you kind of said it, but that last two races, really, the, you know, the one off the layoff was like, okay, like he needed that one, but he, he, he got the job done. Then that last race, I mean, and giant game to me is one as well, where I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to play him, but it's Dale Romans. It's 12 to one. It's Churchill downs. I, I, the horse has speed. Like I'm not going to be completely shocked if giant game wins the race. Um, and then this horse just kind of smoked giant game last time out. And so I'm kind of like, okay, well that's the horse, right? So I think gasoline and yeah, getting Pratt, that's kind of the icing on the cake for me, but yeah, I like gasoline uh, from a, like if I'm saying like, who do I think is going to win? Like I'm, my top pick will probably, it's probably going to be first mission, but if I'm a betting this race i don't really have a lot of interest in betting first mission at eight to five uh, especially facing olders you know fit you know that horse that's still unproven i think gasoline is going to be all of that you know 
every bit of four to one, right? And to me, that's a lot better, a uh, lot better value. Yeah, I mean, to me, gasoline's last race is is just kind of better than anything we've seen from first mission. Now, it's you know, better Wilford, than, from a numbers perspective. It's it is. I mean, it's 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 better than what anything first mission's done. Yeah, I'm I'm not huge on numbers as we as we kind of know but you know first mission number wise at least on time form he's below most of the horses in here and that's why i don't really like numbers because i don't i certainly don't believe he's like eighth out of ten here right i I think not at all but but that is a fact that he is yeah on time form he is below do you let's just talk big picture here so obviously your top pick is going to be film star mine's going to be gasoline from a betting standpoint um i think are, are you gonna use first mission no matter what just like just to, as a protection are you actually going to try to beat him here yeah that'll be an answer for tomorrow morning when i when i put that together finally um it just depends on how deep I think I can go. If I can go, if, if, if I, my budget allows me to go three deep, he would be the third horse on. Um, if I have to go too deep in there, then I'll leave him off. That, that That's, that's where I'm at with it. I, I don't have any problem using him. I also don't have any problem if kind of the way I see the, how I have to structure this thing, I'm just going to try to beat him, you know? So he's kind of that, um, he, he'll be a, he'll be a late ad or a late takeoff one way or the other. I am excited to see him though. Um, just from a pure, like figuring out what he is a little bit. Plus like he has had a ton of hype. I mean, his, his workout patterns right now coming into this race are spectacular. Uh, you know, Brad Cox, obviously you don't need a lot of, um, introduction there. And Saez when those two team up, I mean, it's like, so there's a lot, I mean, you could definitely like, he ran off the screen, like he would live up to the, let's just say the hype, but, I'm more interested in just seeing what he is, you know, and I think this yeah. is a good test to see what he is. I think if he runs off the screen, I would be fairly surprised. I think if he wins by a length or two, I would not be surprised at all. I, I think that's, I, I see a horse that, that was really building into a big performance. And I, I'm just afraid that this injury may have derailed his progression. Cause I, I yeah, again, I, I could be, judging it a little harshly he was coming off of a long layoff and i i will admit yeah he should improve i thought his last race at keeneland was really not good and i i it just with me it's too much of an improvement too quick for him but um again he i've got him third in here i wouldn't be shocked at all obviously and we'll just see you know if the budget allows me to put on the ticket he'll be on there and if he wins that's great do you think he's a like are you, I guess like, like, I guess it's probably easier to ask this question after, but like, do you think he could still like, are you excited to see what he's going to do possibly do as a four-year-old? Like, do you still think he's a high caliber type horse or is it more you're playing against him just because of, we don't know what he is yet. And so it makes sense to try to beat him here. Yeah, it's a good question. And I think, I think this, this race will kind of start to answer it. Um, I thought after the Lexington, he was going to be a really, really nice horse. And again, it's just his last race, just like, you know, sometimes they get injured and they come back and they're, they don't quite have that, that it factor, right? They're still good, but they, yeah. they, they kind of lose what makes them in least what, what they look like. It's like, wow, he looks a little bit different than the rest of them at this level. 
he didn't look like that last time. So did he kind of lose that it factor? That's the question. And look, I, I think if he wins this race, you, you look at it uh, on Friday and you go, okay, he he's arrived. He's probably going to be one of the top two or three betting choices in the Pegasus if they go there. And here we go, you know? So I think he's still based on the three races before he got injured. I think he, he does have that potential. And I, I just think the Clark's going to answer the question of, has he kind of lost a little bit or did he just desperately need that race? And he's going to run a hell of a lot better. You know, that's, that's where you start with the handicapping of this race and you go from there. I also think too, that this is going to be interesting to see what, you know, because last time he was definitely not in an ideal position, um, you know, kind of worked his way out of that and, and, and obviously won the race, but you know, it's typically has been a horse that's been right there near the lead, you know? And so with some, with some pace in the race and drawing inside, it's going to be interesting to see kind of what Louis size decides to do with him. To me, I think he's just going to kind of sit. If if things go right, I think he's going to kind of just sit a pocket trip behind the six and the seven. Uh, I think seven giant game goes out in front. I think the six and, and the two are kind of sitting there in second waiting. Right. And I, I think the best thing for him would be if the six went out with the seven, they got into a little bit of duel and he could track those two. So he should get a perfect trip. I mean, the way it, it unfolds, at least on paper, which that's never how it goes, right? But or sometimes it's not how it goes, at least. When you look at it on paper, it's like, yeah, he's going to get inside stocking trip. He should be able to tip out because he's faster than, than a lot of the other horses minus the six and the seven. I mean, it should set up well for him. Well, we'll find out uh, this Friday. Um, of course, the Clark Stakes. Uh, Halterman and I are both trying to beat him, but mostly because we believe that he's going to be bet down quite a bit. Halterman's got the six film star on top. I'm going with the four gasoline for Todd Pletcher on top. Yeah, that's going to be, I don't know. Like I've said, like, I'm just interested to watch him because it just, it's, he's, He's an enigma, enigma right now. I, I feel like we just we've seen one stakes race from him. And it was a Lexington, yeah. and it was like it was building, right? It was like the hype was building. Of course, we knew about him for a while as well, and so the hype was building. The hype was building. Lexington lived up to the hype, and then it was like Preakness, Preakness, and then boom, it ended. You know, and so you just you just don't know what he is. And I I have very little doubt he would have won the Preakness. So well, based off who won, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, not, that's very easy to say when they don't run in the race. So he would have won like, yeah, whatever. But I, I feel like he's he, at that time, he was much better than the two horses that were on the wire there at the Preakness. So, but that's, that's, I mean, he would, like you said, he was really felt like he was building to something really nice. And then I don't know the injury really, really was a bad bad timing for sure time for rapid fire presented by our black friday special we do this uh, we did this last year i think maybe, i don't think it was the first year we did it but the black friday special now through sunday this sunday received 50 that's right five zero 50 off any subscription on the website any premium subscription on the website for your first month so you just any uh just go to the website go to the subscription you know you can see the different subscription options and you get your first month half off. That's right. Just enter the promo code GRAVY. That's right. Ultimate, do you like gravy? Are you a gravy guy? 
I do, yeah. White gravy. I don't. I don't. I don't like the Ooh, uh, the brown gravy as much. No, not as, you don't do brown gravy on on Thanksgiving. Well, on like Thanksgiving, yes, but like you know, normally no. Okay, all right. Well, that's uh, interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I would if you're giving me the option. Obviously, like biscuits and gravy, white gravy, right? Gravy on like white gravy on chicken fried steak or whatever. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, they, maybe that's maybe that's my thing. Like, I, I just in my normal eating habits, <laughs> the white gravy is usually what's what's there, not the brown gravy. That's fair. You don't see a lot of brown gravy throughout the year. But no, no. But, but I don't. I don't have anything against it. Okay, let me back up. I don't hate it or anything like that. Let me just say, I'm I'm, I'm making this like yeah, because I'm you know I'm Betty Crocker over here. I'm making a dish for our Thanksgiving. Sure. And it's, I love stuffing. Stuffing is my, that's my go-to. Like I love stuffing. That's my favorite thing about Thanksgiving. And it's got brown gravy on Like it's like recipe I found. You put brown gravy on top of it and then bake it. I'm like so psyched about this. That sounds so good. So uh, yeah, I'm going to report back on how that turns out. Uh, I'll be cooking that. Um, yeah, white, Shoddy likes white gravy as well. KFC gravy. Totally, Rob. Yeah. I mean, it that, that gravy is worth it's worth going to KFC. So yep. I love it. I agree. I love it. Um, but yeah, it, enter promo code gravy and you'll get the 50% off your first month of any premium subscription at racingdudes.com. Just go to racingdudes.com and look for that get racing news premium button at the menu to learn more about those packages. All right, let's uh, kick things off here. Halterman at let's go to Aqueduct on uh saturday that's right we're going saturday racing race nine the calmly stakes great three we're 200k going a mile and eight for phillies three-year-olds uh eight horses have lined up for this one interesting race here chad brown and raging c at five to two you got three to one on defining purpose for mcpeak you know just catherine at nine to two nine to two on julius shining i mean really there's your options kind of across the board here of uh who you want to take what do you like yeah, I, I since McPeak isn't the favorite, I'm going to go number seven, defining purpose on top here. I, I look, I, I think this horse has been pretty good, um, you know, in these tougher races. You know, in the in the Grade One Alabama, got third. The Cotillion wasn't great, got fifth. Came back to the Mother Goose, ran second behind Zagira, who I think is a total single, by the way, in her race tomorrow. So. But, but you look at like, okay, when 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 uh, Defining Purpose ran into the Indiana Oaks, it was a nice win. I think the Comley similar to that, if not a little weaker. Uh, so I think Defining Purpose is my pick here. Uh, I, I I think it's between the seven and the eight. I'm going to go the seven. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to try to, I mean, in my opinion, to try to beat some of these horses, especially Defining Purpose. I mean, McPeak, obviously, at a short price, that's enough for me. But um, I'm going a little... A little price hunting here. I'm trying to pull. I'm trying to pull enough to upset. Give me the six. Warriors ransom at twelve to one. Jamie Ness uh, trained this horse. The last couple, it just feels like you know, there's been a horse that's been running the parks. It is, by the way, entered in a race at Laurel on the 25th, and so we'll see. Obviously, this horse could definitely be a scratch. Um, have not heard one way or another, but this is a horse that the last two starts has really kind of figured some things out. It looks like. It has really increased the buyer uh, the last two as well. You know, I think the distance to me is the only kind of question mark how far this horse is going to want to go. Has won at a mile 16th. Uh, so it gives you, you know, it didn't look like a horse that was was getting tired late, but has the style kind of to come running late to kind of pick up the pieces. So 
in a in a race that I just don't, you know, I don't like I said, I'm not gonna play defining defining purpose. Like, to be honest, like Radency and Defining Purpose on their best days, yeah, they were gonna beat the six, right? But I just don't know what these horses really are. I'm not gonna play these horses at short prices. So I'm gonna try to take an upset here on these with the six. Warriors ransom. Jamie Ness, that's your boy Jamie Ness, right? Well, I mean, if you, you take NASA 12 to 1 and make uh, worse decisions, that's for sure. Um, look, I I, I, I think in a, in a race like this, Raging Sea, Defining Purpose, Julia Shining, I mean, it, it's kind of a um, uh, disappointment that they're here, you know? So I get it. I, I don't think that's the worst pick. Well, it's one of those things, too. It's like, you, in my opinion, you're either like playing, I mean, just playing Regency and defining purpose or whatever, moving on, or you're just trying to beat them with something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and not I mean that crazy, but you're just trying to upset them because it definitely, those aren't, those aren't lock singles uh, by any stretch of the imagination, in my opinion. So, nope. um, all right, let's go to, well, it says, let's go to, we're going to go to the golden rod at Churchill Downs, but before this, let's go to race nine real quick, just uh to mention it real quick, race nine uh, at Churchill Downs on Saturday. It's the Ed, Br- <laughs> the Ed Brown Stakes, Halterman. Yep. You know about you know about the Ed Brown Stakes, the uh, iconic Ed Brown Stakes. Two hundred twenty-five k, six and a half furlongs for two-year-olds. And I wanted to mention this race because this is a horse that I imagine is going to be uh, drafted here uh, next month on the Dudes Fantasy Draft. That's number nine Booth for Asmussen Santana, seven to five morning line go watch this horse if you haven't the the uh the the debut for the nine booth really really impressive effort should just roll here but i wanted to at least mention because i think people need to know about this horse yeah very good horse booth one on debut beat a horse named nash nash came back to absolutely dominate the next time out uh and will probably be a top uh, three or four pick in our draft uh, like you mentioned booth will be drafted as well the big difference is nash has a distance pedigree Booth really doesn't have the the classic distance pedigree. Yeah. Horses by Matoli out of a Bellamy Road mare. Look, I I think, you know, maybe a miles in the realm, mile and sixteenth. I don't know about a mile and a quarter, but it doesn't matter. I think Booth is a single on this Churchill Downs card. He looked fantastic. I would think two sprints to a route. You know, they they ran the sprint uh, maiden at Keeneland. He'll run another sprint here. I don't know, maybe a race like the Lecompte might be next for Booth. So keep an eye on the, the, the nine in the ninth <laughs> Saturday at Churchill. And, and uh, you know, not that we not we don't know about this horse, but uh, the seven just still for uh, D. Wayne. Look for this horse to run about 14 more times before uh, the Derby next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, a, a horse that this is just what he does sometimes the horse really ran one good race and it was the race where I was all in on the horse that he beat by a nose. Right. I mean, he (laughs) ran two very average races. He ran fantastic and beat BU by a nose. And then he's ran three terrible races since. So just my luck on that one. Um, But yeah, I'm with you on nine uh, on booth. I just definitely feels like the horse, you know, Matoli, Bellamy road, uh, mayor, like maybe not going to be a, a, uh, you know, an Oaks type horse, but you know, we are only going six and a half furlongs in this one. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that's going to be an issue here. So, yeah. Um, by the way, Nash, like you're really eye on Nash, right? I, I think Nash, other than fierceness, I would rather, I mean, I'd have Nash over anybody else pretty much. I, I, I think Nash is going to be a superstar. He looked tremendous to me. 
Um, but it, they're very young and they're very lightly raced. So, you know, tomorrow he could be hurting out the whole freaking time. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I'm high on him. But uh, yeah, I mean, as far as Booth goes, I'm really, really high on him. It's just I, I really don't know. I know John White thinks Booth might be able to stretch out better than than some other people think. And you never know until they try it. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely see the horse. Um, you know, I, I not that it's comparable because Corona, Corona Bolt, I feel like I was more interested in going longer. And of course, I don't even know where Corona Bolt is now. But, you know, that we, you know, he obviously turned into be a sprinter. And that's a, that's, that's a scary part of this time of the year. They can look really good yep. going six, six and a half, seven, even a mile. But then it's like you start to realize and start to figure out what these horses want to do. And maybe they aren't going to go you know, be on that derby trail or whatever. Um, they might try it once. I wouldn't, you know, Booth certainly what you would imagine is going to, like you said, is probably going to end up in a, in a derby um, prep, but also wouldn't be surprising to see that be the last derby prep that we see the horse in. And I've, I've kind of said it last thing on this, because I know we got other races to talk about that. I've, I've kind of been on record saying this a lot. I, when a, when a horse wins like Booth did, but it, he didn't do it on the front end, he or she didn't do it on the front end. They kind of, like Nisos did last weekend, you kind of, you're patient, you're sitting kind of mid-pack, the jock tells you to go, and then you accelerate and go get them. I just kind of feel like those type of horses usually long-term stretch out a little bit better than, you know, a sprinter that flies to the front and kind of runs them off their feet. I, I just feel like a lot of times that doesn't work, especially when they have sprint-like pedigrees. But again, you're in the hands of Asmussen. I guarantee he's going to give them a big shot. All right, let's go to a couple of official Oaks and Derby prep races. Let's go to the race right after. This is a nice sequence uh, here. Race 10, the Golden Rod Stakes, grade two, worth 400K, going to mile 16th. Uh, for Phillies, two-year-olds, and again, it is an Oaks prep race, 10-5 now. They're rewarding yeah, one more point for the second place. 10-5, 1 for your top five finishers. And uh, hey, no Bafferts in the race, so they're all going to get points. Dude, I don't know. I mean, this one I didn't love as much as I like the next one. Uh, eight to five on Torpedo Anna, two to one on West Sunset. West Sunset obviously looks like the horse that might be the most interesting. Um, you know, Central Avenue at five to one, Intricate at six to one, Jin Jin at eight to one. I mean, it really is. There's another one of those races. Wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these won. Yeah, you know, this this eight horse for McPeak looks like kind of a, a monster. But it's going to be McPeak at a short price. No, thank you. I'll take the seven West Sunset on top for Brad Cox, Flavian Pratt. I think West Sunset's going to get out to the front. Uh, I think she is faster than everybody else. I think it's as simple as sevens out in front with a little bit of a lead going into the stretch. Here comes the eight. Who out go, Who outruns who from there? Um, I'll have my money on Brad Cox's uh, horse here. I think West Sunset's pretty good. Both these horses are two for two. Uh, yeah, and, and to kind of you know piggyback on what you said, I like the seven. I like the eight. There's not much else in here I really like. Um, yeah. So again, one of those cases. I do think that. I mean, the eight certainly. You know, it's it's McPeak. It's Churchill. This horse has won. Not even gotten. So people and it hasn't even sniffed losing yet. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not even been close. This horse has won by eight and a half and nine though two starts. West Sunset has won by six uh, in the last one as well. Kind of figure things out that one it looked like you know that wasn't a mile 16 so you kind of have that whereas the torpedo anna hasn't gone that far although you would think the horse could get it 
I went again, once again, trying to beat two horses that maybe doesn't make sense to try to beat. But I, how about the number five Central Avenue is a yeah. horse that, you know, won on debut, beat a comeback winner, perfectly wicked, then went and finished second in the Frisette to who? Just FYI, who, by the way, won the Breeders' Cup and looked damn good doing it, I might yep. add. And, and and so to me, and this is a horse that wasn't like the horse uh, really disappointed herself. She kind of got a late start and, you know, got, you know, came flying late. But of course, just so I, FYI was better. But I do think this is a horse that going longer will help. Uh, Street Sense out of an AP Indy mare. Got to think going longer, the better. Has that late kick. And if this thing kind of falls apart or, you know, some of these horses don't want to quite go a mile 16th, I think Central Avenue will be there. I think that's a good pick. That's a, that's a good third option. And again, you got the just FYI thing, you know, sitting right there staring you in the face. Um, yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I, I am a little bit concerned that, you know, cause street sends out of an AP Indy mirror did the slot kind of move this horse up because the first race wasn't amazing, but could just got a lot better in that second race and might get better again. So I don't have any qualms about it. I think that's uh, it's good to kind of take a shot with her. It's it's a tough one though. I will admit it's a tough one because it's it's kind of hard to imagine. Like I'll be using Central Avenue on everything, but it's also hard to imagine that like I could totally see one of those the seventh of the eight not firing right. But it's hard to kind of imagine that at the way they've won those rate their races that both of them just don't show up you know yep. and so that's the tough part you're not just being trying to beat west sunset or you're not just trying to beat torpedo anna you're trying to beat both of them yep and so i get it that's a tough uh tough ask but i like the price uh, on the five central avenue so uh give me her on top here all right let's go to uh the one i'm probably most excited about that's race 11 the kentucky jockey club stakes grade two Worth 400K as well, going to mile 16 for two-year-old, the, the boys. And you've got Kentucky Derby points on the line, 10, 5, 3, 2, 1 for your top five finishers. And look, risk it at 5 to 2, 3 to 1 on stretch ride, 7 to 2 on awesome road uh, for Brad Cox. And this is a horse that I'm the most interested in, and I, and I can't help but go back to, to our conversation with John um, that we had after after the Breeders' Cup when we talked about fierceness and and what you know what was that and you know and what and you you i think that was one of the things that they clicked for you the most as well that where it's like you can't just jump off a horse it's just these two-year-olds anyways after one bad start and we saw that with fiercest we saw what he bounced back so my question to you would be awesome road a horse that you and i both really you liked on top i liked on in second but it certainly did not run worth a damn last out do you believe that he can kind of bounce back similar to what uh fiercest did in the breeders cup yeah, if you go uh, after this show's over, you can go watch my preview of this uh, on the, on the uh, YouTube site there for the video. And I said exactly what you said. I referenced talking to John White and Matt Denny's. <laughs> I referenced, hey, I jumped off Fierceness and it cost me, so I'm not going to jump off Awesome Road. I heard nothing but good things about him, but not even that. I mean, you watch the first race, look like a star. You watch the second race, it's like he just quit for really yeah. no reason. I don't know what happened to him that day. But yeah, I'm going to ride Awesome Road one, uh, again here. I, I've learned my lesson. I'm going to keep him going. And I'll say the same thing I, I said in the video. This will be the time where the horse just sucks. And it wasn't just some kind of fluke. He's just no good, I'm sure. But but I've learned my lesson. I'm going to go Awesome Road. I'm not jumping off of him. Um, Flavian Pratt isn't jumping off of him either. And I think it's a really good sign. And I know you're probably sitting there going, well, Pratt's there. Like, well, of course he's going to ride him. I know, but still... 
it, it gives you that confidence. So give me awesome road. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I you gotta assume that they like they don't even know what happened there, you yeah. know, like with Awesome Road. It's just like, because that's one of those. If he got, you know, if he would have ran third or fourth, beaten four or whatever, you're just like, and he, you know, you're like, oh, he maybe just isn't good enough. But, I mean, he absolutely never ran a step in that. Yeah, race. it. You know, they they gave him a little time. Again, I'm not a big workout guy, but it's he seems to be working really steadily coming into it. So. We'll see. And this is a horse that could not have looked better on debut. And that's just, that's, that's kind of the head scratcher. And, you know, again, as a horse, he was forwardly placed on his debut. And, and it's not like he ran forwardly placed here and then kind of faded. Like he just simply was not involved in the race ever in the, in, in the, in the Breeders' Street Charity. So it's just like, I'm with you. Number one, Awesome Road. That's my play here as well. Especially, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't think he's going to go off the favorite certainly with risk it in the race but you're going to get playable price in my opinion for with him and that makes it even more enticing yeah and you know risk it obviously big steve aspison fan here for sure not as big as papa do but still a big fan and i haven't been like over the moon in either one of his starts i thought his first start at saratoga people were excited and it was good um it wasn't crazy good but it's like okay we're gonna move forward I don't know, Jared. I thought he he was okay in the Iroquois. But again, I feel like he's almost going to be a little bit of a measuring stick in here in a way. If he wins, I think what's behind him is just average, right? I, I yeah. don't think Riskett is going to be a star. Now, watch, he'll win by eight now. But I said that. But I do think he's solid. But I think he's beatable. I just don't like the fact of uh, that race that he went off of a heavy, as a heavy favorite and never had any excuse whatsoever wasn't was involved in the race like he just simply didn't he got out kicked you know he just didn't he just wasn't it, it wasn't like he didn't fire it wasn't like he uh uh you know was injured or you know he whatever like got pulled up like he just simply got out ran that day and and all on top of that and like i know you're not a huge numbers guy but you know the numbers didn't go anywhere from the maiden win you know it was just kind of like he ran very similar numbers and so to me it's just there's enough there like you said like he certainly could could change you know he could he could you know same same reason we think awesome road could bounce back I mean, he certainly could um he just hasn't ran a race yet that i think i've been impressed with let's just yeah. put it that way yeah i mean i and again i, I you're right like i i can't sit there and say boy he was bad in the iroquois it's just like where was his excuse like he was four lengths behind a really hot pace he was in a, a pretty pretty good spot and they they you know they they brought him out for the stretch run and he did okay but he like said he just got out kicked so i don't know man like i i think he's i think he's a good horse and if he wins i'm certainly not gonna be surprised i i just i don't think he's like a star rob likes uh the three real men violin at five to one that's a that's a mcpeak special right there because that horse will float up well and once again, man, it's like, I don't know if you, have you watched that video I've done? No. Okay. You're saying all the same stuff. I said it. I said, this is, I said that exact thing. I said, this is totally a Kenny McPeak special. We're on the <laughs> turf. We're on the dirt. We're going a mile. We're going, you just never freaking know where no. he puts him. But finally, he, last time out, he looked pretty good. And I, I yeah. think this is one where it's like, people are going to look at that form and be like, what, what is going on with this horse? He's everywhere. End of the day, he's probably going to float up from five to one. Mm -hmm. 
Rob, I think it's a really good play. And like Jared said, and I've said on the video, this is the type of horse he wins with. Yeah, I mean, he's ran Churchill twice. He's ran first and second in those races. One of the second was a mile 16th, uh, but, you know, ran a nice second, you know, and then that last time out uh, really improved, it looked like, and and, and uh, that was in a mile, but still, like, you would assume out of a Mendelssohn or sired by Mendelssohn um, out of a tap and mare, distance is, as, is this horse's friend, you would think. And it just yeah. it's, it's just one of those weird horses that, I mean, I, I don't even I think I do this every year. Every year I say, oh, I remember I hit that one in, the, in this race. I forget every year who it was, but it was a very similar horse. So where in a sense, like had been on turf and then wasn't on turf. And you're just like, what the hell is he doing? One of the, this would be not shock me the least bit, especially even if you want to play like, like I think if you're not quite sold on it, maybe you could play him underneath. I mean, just enough to where this horse could juice up some stuff. If you don't want to, if you want to try to beat Asmussen and, and Brad Cox. Yep. Totally agree. And it, look at it. Ellis, Saratoga, Churchill, Keeneland, four stars, four <laughs> different tracks, different surfaces. I mean, it's this is this is the classic, classic McPeak type of runner. And again, you're not getting eight to five on him. So you feel good. It's like, hell, if I get it six to one, eight to one, you want to take a shot? I'm not going to argue with you. And then it's like after all the, you know, different surfaces and different distances and different tracks, it's like, Soon as a horse, if he wins, you know he'll say, "Well, you know, I've always liked this horse a lot." <laughs> you know, this was the plan. Yeah, this was the plan. You know, finally, you know, everything kind of came to the perfect point here for us. And, and uh, yeah, so uh, all right, let's move on uh, to our last race here. Let's go to Del Mar on uh, Saturday. This is race seven, the Sea Biscuit Handicap. Handicap. Any crap? <laughs> yeah, that too. That, that might be perfect. Really, uh, grade two or two hundred k going to mile sixteenth on the turf. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it is. It, it might be a, a crap race, but it's like kind of that's those typical horses that you see on the turf out at, you know, Del Mar and Santa Anita. Hong Kong Harry to me is the back at his home track at Del Mar. He loves Del Mar, but they're you know Cabo Spirit and Sumter and Easter and you know uh, Astronomer looks pretty good front run the Fed. I mean, you take your pick, dude. Who are you going with? Look, I, I have a hard time going against Hong Kong Harry ever when he's out here, at, you know, yep. at, at Santa Anita at Del Mar. And uh, he even went to Churchill and ran a pretty good second behind, behind up to the mark. You know, yeah. look, he won last time out the City of Hope. I think this at Santa Anita, I think this is a similar race. You know, his last two starts at Del Mar were both victories, including a win right here at this track or excuse me, in this race, I should have said last season. So. Hong Kong Harry for me, the four horse. I I, I do kind of echo what you said. It, it's not gonna be easy. You know, there's some there's some decent ones in here. The number two Easter, also good, astronomer. Uh, but anyway, I'm gonna go number four, Hong Kong Harry on top. Super consistent. I think he's a little better than the rest of these. Yep. That's uh that's where I went here as well. Hong Kong Harry, you know, this is a horse that just really likes uh likes Del Mar, three starts at Del Mar, two wins and a second, likes the distance. Um you know, I thought, you know, again, that like you mentioned it, but getting that second place finish to uh, to up to the mark, obviously, who needs no uh, explanation there. Like that's a that's a huge that was a huge run, especially to go out to, to Churchill to, to do that. And so uh, came back and, and, you know, maybe needed that last one after that race um, at that tough race at Churchill. But then, you know, took the break came back and looked good i expect him to run really well here i mean he's probably gonna be a short price right i mean he usually usually is but i think he's a logical horse here so i'm with you number four hong kong harry 
question is, are you a Thanksgiving? Like, what do you, how, how do you handle Thanksgiving? Cause you know, most people, every year at Thanksgiving, people are like, you know, they don't realize that like, you know, of course we're watching football. Everyone's yeah. watching football, but yeah. it's like, you got racing going on too. How do you balance the two? Yeah. You just, you go with What's eating? Uh, What's all the, the family shit you got to deal with. Right. Yeah, I mean, you go football on TV, and then you've got your phone or your iPad or your laptop for the racing. I mean, that's that's the only way to do it, I think, because family's all over here, and they're going to want to watch football, and and so you just put that on for them, and then kind of just – what <laughs> I usually end up doing is kind of go in the corner and do my own thing. Yeah, they don't need – you know, are you doing it at your house, or where are you doing it? Yep, yep, coming to my house, or our house, I should say. Um, yeah. So you, I was laughing. You said you're bringing out the Christmas is up. So it's uh, it's going to be a big deal tomorrow. And I think everybody's coming at one. So um, oh, we'll boy. See, see how it goes. Yep. Got, so, yeah, you guys, uh, who, who, who like made that decision? Was it you or Heather that got the Christmas tree out? Uh, that was a Heather decision. She decided, well, this is the second year in a row we're doing it at our house. And she said last year, it's like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool to have it up. And so this year she's like, yeah, we might as well do that again. That was, that was nice last year. So yeah, got the last piece of it done uh, just now, actually, right before we went on the air. So it's all good. It feels like each year it gets earlier and earlier for us. Yes. For me, it's like, well, shit, I guess I got to get the tree out, you know, because as soon as Halloween's over, it's like, now it's we're on to Christmas, you know, and then Thanksgiving's like sandwiched in there, but no one talks about. So, yep, yep. Um, but especially when you have kids, that's all they care about. I would say, yeah, the, the you in your situation, that's yeah, it's, it's the faster we can get the Christmas trees out, the better, right? And decorated, yep. and and then the Christmas lists, and you know, we, so we have a I don't know, I'll, I'll speak to you don't thankfully it's avoided us when we were kids, but. Now they do the elf on the shelf, and we've done that. And uh, Chief is his name. He's a little, he's a chief guy, but he's an mm-hmm. elf. And uh, yeah, he makes his return December first. That's when ours comes back. The whole, the whole, well, until Christmas. Um, but Cohen's got a list or a countdown for Christmas, and he's got a countdown for Chief's return. So it's a big deal. Well, it's it's that's I don't know. I've never. I guess because we didn't have it when we were kids, I've never really understood it, you know, but the kids do tend to love that. So, yeah, I probably would too. And honestly, from a dad's perspective, it is kind of fun because it's like you get to come up with the different, you know, especially I'm kind of excited about this year because we have a new house and and the new locations, you know, that (laughs) I hope chief finds, you know, in case Cohen's listening. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's always fun to see where chief might end up and, and the funny thing, and the boys get a big kick out of it. And um, yeah. the one thing, though, I don't know how other, you know, I know how most families are. It's like, so like my niece, um, they they can't touch theirs. Like, that's the whole deal. If you touch them, it's like, a, you know, his magic powers go away. Well, ours, of course, two having two boys in a boy house, that's never been possible. You know, we, we throw them around and, yeah. you know, and so it's always like trying to explain to my niece, like, okay, no. Ours has like a magic barrier around him. You can touch him, but yours doesn't. And so it's like a whole, it's a whole deal. Like you got (laughs) to get you as a parent. Sometimes you realize like you go down this whole rabbit hole of like, you're making up, you're making up shit 
over and over about what this guy can do and what he can't do. And next thing you know, your kids remember and you're like, oh shit, I forgot. Like I can't, I, I, I can't touch them or I can't touch them or whatever. And it's, it's just, yeah. gotta write a book about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man. man. Well, like I said, countdown is on. Shoddy, I, uh, I, I, it's on my Instagram, I think. I, and I have pictures, obviously. I always try to take pictures of them just to remember. Um, but man, I've done some, I've done some fun ones. I, you oh, know, yeah. I've had, uh, Oh, I see one year he had, we, uh, Spider-Man was, was holding the rope and, and then chief was going down the rope and it was like a zip line going down onto the, it was, you know, fun stuff like that. Sometimes it's as simple as like putting them on, you know, uh, like on a, I have like a horse statue and like just, he's riding the horse or whatever, you know, it just depends what kind of mood chief's in that night. So, um, but for my kids, a big thing is to have them playing. They like to see chief playing with like, I try to stage a, in a, you know, like an environment where it's like they wake up to him caught in the act, you know? And so now it's like all the guys are, it's, it's, so it's, if you really stop and think about it, it's kind of freaky because you're like, <laughs> oh, so apparently we have Toy Story happening at our house where they all, all the toys were alive playing with Chief. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, my thought is one day it's not going to, you know, they'll, it'll be lame. So at least have fun with it while they're young. Oh yeah, for sure. You got a few more years of it. Uh yeah, yeah. And dude, by the way, to like you, there's always I, it happens at least once a year where you go to bed or whatever and you forget, right? You forget to move, and then they wake up and they're like, "Why? What happened? What you know? You have to come another one of those situations where you have a whole like story behind yeah. it. Well, you know, here's probably what happened. So you know, you may you got tired or it's it's a whole deal. So be thankful that you only have uh, a cat and, and a dog to please. Okay. I am. I am thankful. Yep. <laughs> That's what you're thankful for. for yes. Very. Thank- yeah. When, when that, when we go around and do that, we don't do that. But if we did, that's what I would say. <laughs> you're thankful, thankful that I don't have kids. Yeah. So. Uh, all right, guys, that's all the time we have. Check us out at racedudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Uh, click the get racedudes premium button at the menu at racedudes.com to learn more. Remember to go check out, uh, gravy, put gravy promo code in to get 50% off your first month of any monthly premium subscription. So make sure you go, uh, get your hands on that at racingdudes.com. We're on Twitter at racing underscore dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of blinkers off, uh, by visiting our podcast page, Apple podcast, Spotify, Google, all the places you listen to, uh, we are there. The magic Mike show is as well. And they did, uh, they have it out there right now. It's the, uh, the pick six. That's right. They went pick six at Del Mar tomorrow for thursday's racing so make sure you go check out that tonight or tomorrow morning so you can kind of get a uh, a uh you know if you're looking to make some money or at least to have some action while grandma's snoozing on the couch and uh <laughs> you know you're you're full and you're you're watching whoever some shit i'm sure where the cowboys playing yeah they always play yep. cowboys you know playing tomorrow whatever you got you got some action at del mar so make sure you go check out the magic mike show uh, uh for that uh oh boy any final thoughts before we uh make this a wrap uh to thanksgiving yeah uh uh Sam wants to know who i think the AEW devil is um well that sounds so, interesting so i'll answer that i i think it's adam cole moist i really do i don't i don't really know how they're gonna do it since his ankle is wrecked but um i would say adam cole would be would be my guess on that one so we'll see 
He also wants to know thoughts on Hangman Page drinking blood. There's a that's a sentence I never thought I'd read. I think CM Punk said it best about uh, Hangman Page. Uh, he's an empty-headed dumb f. So we'll leave it at that. Okay. So he like drank blood, huh? Yeah. It's. I mean, honestly, like AEW's to the point where it's like. We kind of watch it for the comedy anymore. It's like, this is, it's getting bad. So he's, I, I don't know. I, I hated that match. I hated most of the matches on that pay-per-view, honestly. So let's, uh, let's do a quick here. Uh, let's do, let's do the games tomorrow quick. Lion, the Packers at Lions. That's the first. Uh, so those are the matchups. Lions, Packers, or Packers at Lions. Commanders at Cowboys and the 49ers at Seahawks tomorrow. And then Friday, you know, I think this is the first time they've done this. The Black Friday, you got Dolphins at the Jets. That'll be a doozy of a one. So Packers at Lions, what you got? I guess the Lions. Um, Packers aren't very good. Lions, I think, are decent. I don't think they're eight and two good. I think they're a little bit, their record's a little bit better than who they are, but. I think they get it done pretty easily. Let's even go further. It's uh, seven and a half for the the line. I, I mean, it's a lot of points for the Lions. I, I would think I want the Lions in that situation, though. Hmm. Yeah. Uh... Give me the Packers plus seven and a half. I don't love it. I don't, I, the Packers will suck tomorrow, I'm sure. But yeah. um, I don't, Detroit, I just think it could be a low, kind of a low scoring. Detroit's not very good on Thanksgiving typically. So um, give me a plus seven and a half for the Green Bay. Washington at Dallas plus 13. Wow. You got to get to 13 points on Dallas. So you're going to go, are you going to take, are you really going to take 13 points and, and have Dallas win? Uh, no, I mean, surely there's other things you can bet on. I mean, I, I <laughs> don't bet this game. I don't want to bet the Redskins really. Um, plus 13 is probably the best play there, but I don't really want to bet the Redskins and I certainly don't want to bet Dallas either, but I, I think plus 13 is where I would go with Washington. If you made me you know, take a side there, you know, they're, at times they play pretty well <laughs> minus <laughs> last week for sure. But I, I think they'll play a little bit better. I don't think they're going to win. They might keep it a little closer than 13. Yeah. Give me Dallas minus 13 though. I don't love that uh, taking 13 points ever or giving 13 points ever, but Washington kind of sucks. And so uh, I mean, Dallas defense yeah. should feast. So give me Dallas there. Uh, yeah, and by the way, Rob says no Aaron Jones. I'm aware I will never draft Aaron Jones ever again in fantasy. I had one, literally one game out of him, and it was the first game, and basically held out hope all year. So that doesn't really change with him being out because he's been out pretty much all year. Um, give me, or let's go to uh, San Francisco at Seattle, minus seven on the 49ers. What do you think of that one? That's an interesting line, I think. Yeah, a little bit better game here. I, I think I'll take the underdog at home. I'm going to go Seattle plus the seven. That's it. Yeah. Um, give me the 49ers 
Minus seven. I just think they're better. Um, but they're that's better. a good. That'll be a good game. That's the game of of the day for sure. To see mm-hmm. those two match up because two good two good teams with winning records in the NFC. Um, so interesting. Yeah, that, that's a good. Tomorrow's a good NFC day, right? Because you've got Detroit, what they're about. Dallas, what they're about. And then obviously San Francisco and Seattle. Um, see kind of the how those uh, shape up. So, and then we'll move on to Saturday uh, or Friday, I, should, I guess. Uh, Miami at the Jets, dude. It's so funny. By the way, nine and a half is the is the line, but it's so funny that you have all these Jets games that are nationally televised because of the thought of Aaron Rodgers, right? And so you get all these nationally televised Jets games, and they're just awful. I mean, it's like watching paint dry, really. I, you know, Miami's, they're not a great team, but they are probably in that good category. Um, They'll probably struggle to move the ball a little bit, but if they're ready to play, they'll shut down the Jets. I mean, I think it'll be like a 20 to 10 type of game. It's probably right at the number. Um, Backup, the backup, they, they finally had enough. And they put it back up, which, by the way, is, I mean, I agree. He's not been great, but, you know, I mean, now you're, you still have Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. You know, I think more than anything, I, I don't know. You're going to have to have a wizard to, to call plays to make that work. I mean, you watch the Jets play, and it's like, man, if they had Aaron Rodgers, they, they would probably be really good. Mm-hmm. Their, their defense is one of the top five defenses in oh, the yeah. league. They, they've got a pretty nice running back in Brees Hall, and it's just like they can't get anything out of the quarterback. And elite, uh, and, a, like, and I'll say this, and I'm very, he's an elite wide receiver in Garrett Wilson. Like, yeah. He, he's who, elite. Who and he can't gets, get anything out of him. Dude, last week, and I, I don't have top, like, but, you know, obviously he's on my fantasy team, so I watch him like a hawk. And you watch any game with him, and you're like, you can tell he's elite. But he gets pepper like, eight targets last week. I had he had minus, I think it was minus one point last week because he had a fumble. But that just shows you he's getting eight targets and getting like twenty yards, forty. You know, like yeah. they just it's it's crazy. You would think volume, 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 but even Zach Wilson can't get it to him. Do you think the Jets? Moy Sam says Jets nine and two with Rodgers. I I don't know. Well, I, I guarantee you they're a seven or eight win team for sure. They've won four games without him. So, like, yeah. I got to think at least – I'd have to look at their schedule to remember what – but they've – that's another thing, too. I mean, every game they've – you know, of course, they up – they how did they beat Philly? I don't know. But they are in a lot of games because of that defense. They're in every game. Yeah. And they just They can't. rarely lose a game, and it's like, oh, they never had a chance. They're – they're in every game and they just, they are so bad offensively. And like I said, it's a lot of times we, we make too much of, Oh, get one, this one player and everything changes. But in this situation, that is a hundred percent the case. They're yeah. one player short. We just said it. They've got a nice back. They've got a nice receiver. They've got some other pieces that aren't awful. They're one player short. And it's, it's a shame. They went out and got that player and it, it still didn't work out, you know? I mean, they literally built the team around that one player. Yeah. You know? And uh, and so when he went out, it was like, you know, like Nathaniel Hackett wouldn't have a job if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, you know? Yep. He came because Aaron Rodgers, you know, and so they were, you know, so it's like 
and like Lazard and, you know, they just have a lot of the guys like all worked around having him. And then when he went out, you're like, oh, shit. Now we got to figure out what we are, and they aren't very good without them. That's what they're not. I mean, and again, like I said, that they they might lose ten to nine to the Dolphins. I mean, that's possible, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I. I hey, Paul. What's up, man? Hey, Paul. Happy Thanksgiving, Freya. Freya, hey, happy Thanksgiving. So, um, she probably is counting down the days as well. Christmas. I would say, yeah, she probably doesn't care about Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, no, but my opportunity here to uh, obviously get the Chiefs coming off a, a loss on Monday to the Eagles. Um, the Chiefs, uh, I think this this year is going to be the quintessential lose in the first round of the playoffs, and we are all just kind of scratching our heads like, boy, that year was wasted. We had an elite defense. We have Patrick Mahomes, and we like they just, they frankly just kind of suck. Really, I mean, their offense, their offense hasn't scored a touchdown in three weeks, in three of the last three games, I should say, in the second half. Mm-hmm. They literally, like, no, no, no. I'm sorry, they haven't scored a point, not a touchdown, not one point in the second half of the last three weeks or last three games. And you know, there's, there's, their offense is just a, such a fine line. Right. Everything has to go perfect with the can you imagine like we were talking the other night, me and my dad, because we were watching the game together, and it's like, can you like can you remember a time? Well, the Mahomes era, anyways, where it's like when when you're excited that the defense has is on where we that we're out on the field. Yeah. Because when the offense is you're just like holding your breath, and that's how it feels every time we have the ball right now. You're like, oh come on, you know, just don't. Don't 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 fumble it. Don't throw an interception. Don't you know whatever. Like, can we move down the field? It's just they're not a very good offense. And on top of that, they're they have a lot of penalties. They have a lot of turnovers. Mahomes had a terrible interception in the red zone. Um, and and I don't think he's been great. I mean, he's not been Mahomes esque. But when he is, we still can't catch the ball. We still can't like we don't have that thing right that that umph that you need to get the job done in these big games. Like I think they're an elite team if they can just, but it's just late in the game, man. It's late in the season to have like these offense issues. I don't think there's an elite team in the league. And I think that helps them. Um, look, you, you can name off all these problems and they, there are problems. Literally, if they could catch the ball, they would be nine and one. Yeah. Yep. Literally, if they could catch it, they would be nine and one. Lead the, the lead, lead the league in drops. Yep the 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 Denver game was wow, so bad it's unbelievable. But the loss to the Lions, if they could have caught a pass, they win. If if they could catch the ball against the Philadelphia, they win, and they'd be nine and one. We're talking about just catch like a wide receiver in the NFL catching it, not getting open not having to block somebody, not having to run reverse 80 yards per touchdown like Tyreek could do. We're talking about just catch it, and they mm-hmm. can't do it. So I, it's pretty fixable. Just catch the ball, but I don't know if that's going to change. I don't know. To me, they're right there because this league is garbage, and they're right there with a big ch- chance because I'm sorry. this There's nobody any good. Like, the first quarter of that game, I'm like, okay, finally, we're going to see a good game. 
The last three quarters of that game was garbage. The, the, it's not good football. And I don't care that it's a low-scoring game. That doesn't bother me. It's not good football. Penalties, turnovers, mistakes. It's it's bad. I know, and it's like, and I watch when I you watch the Eagles, you're like, how are they? How are they? How are they a, a freak Jets performance from being undefeated? We we talked about that today on our show uh, on uh, Pop Dude Nine. We're like, we kind of like to watch the Eagles, but it's like they're not that good. Like. You no. watch that game at Arrowhead, and I read an article, and it's like, yeah, we're not satisfied with this win. Well, you shouldn't be, because a good team would have beat the shit out of the Chiefs. <laughs> it, listen, here's the, here's the, the best way to even, even forget the drop, which is, I get it. But the two biggest stars, really the three biggest stars, but the two biggest stars on the team, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey, if they just have not shitty games they win going away that's mm -hmm. it travis kelsey doesn't fumble in the inside the 10 mm -hmm. mahomes simply throws like just throw it out a little bit and it's a touchdown mm -hmm. just a, those all of a sudden the game's over but we just you like i say like it's such a fine line and then when you don't make those plays from those guys i mean you gotta have like when you have no wide receivers they can catch those two guys can't have bad games. And that's that's the that's the tough part about our offense right now. It's just such a such a fine line with how like they can win a lot of games because of Patrick Mahomes, because mm -hmm. of Travis Kelsey, because of that defense, you know, Andy Reid. But they can lose a lot of them too. Those big, those close games against good teams or quote unquote the best we have to offer when you can't make plays and you make turnovers. So yep, for dude, sure. Yeah, and, and Rob says it too. Like, neither QB passed for over 200 yards. Like, yeah. Like, Mahomes had like 57 yards in the first half or something. Like, it was an ugly game. I get it. It was rainy and, and the weather was bad. I get that. But still. Well, if, if the Chiefs had a normal quarterback, they'd give up like six sacks a game. And it's not all the offensive line. A lot of it is he's having to sit there and hold the ball because nobody's open. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Mahomes will like run three circles and jump over a guy and hurdle another guy <laughs> and do a sidearm pass just to get the pass off. Yeah, uh, it's it's crazy how good he is, uh, it, you know, avoiding those sacks. Um, yeah, Moist, if you want a full breakdown, my dad and I talked about it on the Dudes Who Bet Sports Show because we've been saying for like four or five weeks, and and the commenters on that show have been saying the same things, like. I don't, I hate the, the NFL is almost unwatchable if you don't have a team and then Brady come out came out and said the same thing. Said it's, it's, it's mediocre. And we kind of addressed it and kind of addressed our thoughts on why. And our biggest thing was there's just, there's just poor play and there's, it feels like there's a lack of practice time. And I know under the new CBA, they do limit the practice time. And I think it's showing. And the lastly, there are some horrific quarterbacks in this league. I mean, bad. Mm -hmm. Not just average, horrible quarterbacks. Just and we we were going down the list. Currently starting in the NFL, coming up this week, there were two quarterbacks that we thought would be exciting to watch. If you were just not a, if you're just watching the the product, yeah, Mahomes, C.J. Stroud. That's it. <laughs> That's Can you gross. think of another one? 
Mm. No, I mean, really. And it makes sense that, as from an exciting standpoint, it makes sense that that's why those two are, you know, in the MVP discussion for for quarterbacks. That you, you know, because that's, I mean, CJ Stroud has been awesome this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's just it it's showing that we don't have a good like. The, you, there's what, dude? There's quarterbacks starting this week, just this week alone. That I'm like, I've never even heard of you once in my life. I don't. I didn't know you existed, and you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and I mean, I watch college. Like I, I mean, I'm sure you knew who these guys were because you've. But still, it's like not I, all of them. I, I yeah, and that, that tells you because you're a college guy, and if yeah. you don't know these guys, how, how? I mean, it's, yeah, it's just it's 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 baffling, really, and and it's like not, and the quarterbacks that they were replacing weren't good either, and that, no. that's that's the other part. So. Um, I, I saw a comment too. Like, I don't have it. I was trying to look for it, Rob, but like, yeah, the, that's the thing of this defense is just you look at the guys they've faced over the last several weeks. Um, and I can't, again, I, but like the week one, it was St. Brown and, you know, we've had Hill. Um, we've had obviously AJ Brown. Uh, there's a, like a long list of those wide receiver ones. And they, this, the, the one, they're just shutting them down. Like, this defense is elite. Like, I, and I've, I've watched every every defense the Chiefs have had, and this is a legit kind of defense. They have a good line. They're, they they won. By the way, they won the battle in the trenches against the Eagles by far. Oh, easily, easily, and that's why it's so tough to lose because they did. Yeah, and that's also why I wouldn't panic if I were you because they're sitting right there. Nobody's any good. Their defense is uh, really, really good. I think their offense will get it figured out enough to win it. I I wouldn't panic yet. I just think it's late in the game to be like, oh yeah, our wide receivers are. And, and honestly, the, when I I was listening to the press, all the press stuff after, and, and even Andy, you could tell is the way he kind of described it was like, it's kind of like when you when you put your kid out to play, like when I play, when the old turtles are out there, you're just like, yep, yeah, that's the. I mean, I can't get mad at you because that's you don't know how to do it, you know, and that's kind of where the the. The message it came is is more like he he say he said something along the lines of like well I mean the guys are playing their hearts out it's just this is what they are right yeah I don't think it's an effort problem at all no mm. they just don't have the and, and honestly I think it falls on I mean just we don't have anyone you know from beach and and those guys like we didn't we didn't set ourselves up that or these guys just underperformed dramatically. They don't yeah. know how to catch a ball. It's just like you said, like, how do you, it's not like we're asking you to make these like juggling catches, these elite catches. Nope. I mean, you just, you got to, you just got to catch it. Just catch it. And if they do, they'll win. I mean, so I, I, again, it's like, it's not like, Hey, they ran for five yards uh, on the, on the day, like, like USC and they, you know, they gave up 12 sacks and they just were helpless. No, I mean, it's basically like, yeah, the offense is average, but they'd be a little above average if they just catch the ball. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Um, the good news is the Chiefs schedule, the next remaining schedule is is fairly easy. Um, we get the Raiders twice. Yeah. Um, you know, it it, it feel like you should you should win all but let's say one. And 
they should probably still lock up the one seed. Um, but again, like you don't catch the ball, it's going to get you in games that you probably sh- you're going to be in games that you shouldn't be in. It, it shouldn't be close. I mean, so yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of how it's been. But they'll but be I'm just, fine. Like, I'm just from a from a from a history from my you know I just have this like vision like of we're gonna get to the playoffs and it's gonna be one of those games that MVS drops a critical catch or whatever and it's just like you that and then at the end of the you know we lose and and it's like one of those years that you just feel like we just needed to like we just did like you just were set up to fail this year because of no wide receivers. Thousand percent possible, but you got to be Baltimore, Jacksonville, Miami, Cleveland, Houston, Pittsburgh. Throw in Buffalo. I mean, come on. What's it? I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> and like we'll shut. Like I, like I, the Ravens. I like the Ravens. Their defense is good, but we'll shut that shit down on offense. Look, I think the Ravens are the second best team in the AFC. I think they're much better with Todd Monken as the as the offensive coordinator. I think he's doing a really nice job. I think he understands how to use Lamar, and I think Lamar's having a nice season because he's there. I don't have any confidence the Ravens are going to win a big game still. And they look like you already beat Miami, and they the Chiefs played like shit and beat them. I mean, like it's like there's just nothing really there to be real scared of. Past Baltimore, like I said, Baltimore's they're they're not bad, but I don't. I'm not a huge believer in them still. No, no. I mean, their defense again will, will, is 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 good enough to keep them in a lot of games. And I'm with you. I think Lamar looks. They, you know, he's not. He's there. They've got him playing well. And uh, I'm with you. I think that's it's a lot better. And you know, they're well balanced, but still, like when I look at their offense, I'm like, yeah, well, they they don't have enough firepower to, and especially losing Mark Andrews. Um, yeah. I mean, that's a, that was a huge loss, uh, unfortunately. So. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, but we could talk forever about this. Uh, but I gotta go, and you gotta go, and everyone has to go. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in for uh, back with Blinkers Off, and uh, hopefully everyone has a great, great Thanksgiving, great betting weekend, and uh, the dudes will be back next week. To what, Kali? We're gonna be. I mean, oh, by the way, I saw a comment from somebody. Do you know when the draft is gonna be before we leave? Have you have you locked that down yet? Um, yeah, no, I haven't locked it down. I what I what we usually do, we'll draft or we'll draw for positions uh probably Thursday, December seventh, and then we'll probably do the draft uh Thursday, December twenty-first, I'd say. Um right. TBA, but yeah, we we usually we usually draw for positions a couple weeks before the actual draft. So we'll All see. Right, so stay tuned for that. And if you're not familiar with that, stay tuned. What we 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 do a draft for the Three-year-olds, well, now two-year-olds, but coming up three-year-olds and, you know, follow them around, follow them along all all next year as they go down the derby trail. So it's a fun way to, if nothing else, I always tell people it's it's a good way to get an idea of the, of the top 50 horses because you're getting, um, the you know, some of the best minds in racing, all com- com- putting, making picks and compiling a top 50. And it's a good way to kind of get your, uh, you know, get your, go- you know, mind in the right place when it comes to these two-year-olds, soon-to-be three-year-olds as we go down the derby trail. All right, guys, uh, until next time, I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of Blinkers Off. Join our horse racing community at racingdudes.com and follow us on Twitter at racing underscore dudes. Want to make money betting horses? 
Bet with the Racing Dudes.